0: Thanks for tuning in to the Renew Life Church Lubbock podcast today. We hope this message encourages you as you allow God's word and his presence to change your life. Amen. Hey, welcome to church. Welcome, just welcome to church. All right, so glad you're here this morning. Give it up for yourself. Give it up for your neighbor for coming to church. It's a good day. There's two types of people. Whenever, uh, whenever they're instructed from the platform to like shake someone's hand. Two types of people. There's the one that turns around and immediately looks for someone to hug. Right? Like there's like handshakes aren't an option. I'm going to hug you. Or the other person pretends they have a phone call and they leave the building. There's like, there's a two, there's two specific. Yeah, I know. Brain raises his hand. All the introverts are like, oh yeah, I got a call. Sorry. Just give me one. More. Yeah, I'm glad you're here too. See ya. Um, I, uh, I'm... I'm very, very excited for today. Um, I was sharing with, with our home church team this, this past Wednesday, Tyler and Brittany. Yeah, how many of you are involved in a home church? Yeah. Give me a whoop, whoop. All right, that's what I'm talking about. Home churches are amazing. And actually, it's really, really relevant to even what we're gonna be talking about today. We're gonna be talking about the promises of God. But in our, our home church uh, leadership group, myself, Michaela, Tyler, and Brittany Haynes, um, I shared this, that um, I shared the anticipation cultivates hunger, and hunger moves the heart of God. Let me say that again. Anticipation cultivates hunger, and hunger moves the heart of God. So I want to ask you this morning, what are you anticipating? What did you come in the room anticipating? Maybe, maybe your bucket has been filled in part already through worship. I know mine was, like incredible time of worship and in first service we had baptisms. That's why that's here. It's not in case I get excited, I can do a cannonball. Although there's possibility that will happen. But like anticipation, what are you anticipating? What are you anticipating in your marriage? What are you anticipating in your parenting? What are you anticipating in your finances? What are you anticipating to encounter the Lord with this morning? I just wanna welcome you to this place and we're gonna pray over these next 30 minutes or so that we have together. That anticipation would cultivate a hunger inside of you because I promise you this, hunger moves the heart of God. We represent over a 100 different stories in this room, over a 100 different uh, lives in this room with different circumstances that brought us to this one moment, but, the, but the, binding, the, the binding element with all of us is this, that unites us together. It's the blood of Jesus, which we just received communion for to remind ourselves of. So this morning, I wanna ask you, get your faith up, get your up, hope up, get your anticipation up, and let's cultivate some hunger, yeah? Come on, let's pray. I'm gonna pray over you, but I don't wanna pray alone. I want you just to begin to ask the Father, would you meet me here? Come on, stir up the hunger. Stir up that anticipation and let's trust that Holy Spirit's gonna meet us here, amen? Yeah, come on, let's have a loud room. Lord, we love you. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. Angels, we welcome you. Jesus, we welcome you. Lord, we don't wanna come and just sit. We don't wanna sit in a room and just walk away with a, with a checked box. Lord, I'm actually so proud to be a part of a church. that is, That's never the rhythm of a Sunday, but Lord, we actually come with Paul postured hearts with anticipation to receive something from you. So I pray that anticipation cultivates hunger and that hunger turns into your hand moving on our behalf. Lord, you see the hunger. You see the stories. You see the needs. You see everything. Lord, nothing's hidden from you. And you still came into the room. And Lord, we thank you for that. Lord, I pray you meet us all in an individual way. It is going to be an incredible Sunday. And if you agree with that, say amen. 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 All right. Woo! Let's do this thing, let's go. Two, let's, let's go. 2011, the year is 2011. I went on my first ever missions trip. Um, I went to India, and so me and a a small group of people, we landed in Hyderabad, and our mission was this. We were there to equip local pastors. That that was our entire purpose. We were equipping local pastors for the work of the ministry. So we were, uh, there. the way the structure worked, uh, we went with a a man by the name of Kerry Malden. And he had a network of pastors uh, all throughout the southern part of India, if I remember correctly. And some of these pastors would travel to like eight or ten different villages in the rural parts of this area. And so our job was this. We came in, and we would hold these kind of conference-style um, meetings, right? And so people would flock into these tents, sometimes with floors, sometimes with not, sometimes open air, sometimes with the roof, like it kind of just depended. Uh, but our job was to lead these ministry meetings and then to equip and encourage the pastors, right? So by, by my nature, I'm an exhorter. Um, I, I love encouraging people. I love calling the gold out of people. I love, I love like looking at you and seeing the God in you. Like I, I naturally love that. So I was really endeared to this objective. And uh, I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where there's a language barrier, right? So everybody there spoke a language called Telugu. Have you heard of Telugu? Anybody heard of Telugu? Yeah, a couple people. I don't speak it. And so uh, there's this natural tendency when you're communicating with someone that you don't speak their language. For some reason, I feel like if I talk a little slower and I talk a little louder, they're gonna understand what I'm saying. (laughs) what I'm saying. So you find yourselves in these circumstances where you're talking really loud at them, and they're like, why are you screaming at me? <laughs> like, I thought you were going to tell me about Jesus. And, uh, I, but there is like this obvious language barrier, and I was so grateful for translators in that situation to help us in communication with these people. But as I was reflecting about my communication with the Father, as I was reflecting on <clears throat> the promises that the Father has given me, as I was reflecting on the promises that have come to fruition and the promises that I'm still sitting on that have yet not come to fruition, I just began to wonder how many times in my prayer life, the prayer lives of our body, the prayer lives of, of his people, his bride, how many times do we have a language barrier between the heart of our father and the words that are coming out of our mouth? My hope, My anticipation for this morning would be that we recultivate some for the first time, some for the hundredth time. Maybe this is a new concept, but we would realize what it looks like to understand what the promises of God are for our lives today, and that we would know how to steward them well as we move into the next season of our life. Amen? Sound like a good trajectory? All right, let's pray. Lord, we love you. Uh, I I just, I pray that, um, I, I pray that the soil of our hearts. Um, Lord, that you would prepare us to hear your words. Lord, we wanna hear you, we wanna encounter you. Lord, I pray that you would rebirth promises that people have forgotten, that you would give new promises in the room this morning. And we thank you for this joyous occasion that is September 17th and we trust full well that you've got a plan for us today in Jesus' name, amen. 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 We're going to start in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 if you want to turn there with me. Um, I, but while, while you turn there, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, I'm going to read verse 20 through 22 out of the message translation because I'm a creative brain and that's the way I roll. Okay. So 2 Corinthians chapter 1, I, I want to share this quote with you. I'm not exactly where, exactly sure where it derived from, but the quickest way to your destination is the longest way around the mountain. Oftentimes we hear the word promise and we associate the word promise with immediate. It's gonna be immediately solving my problems or it's going to be immediately relieving the symptoms of my season. I believe this, the Lord oftentimes takes a long time to do something suddenly. (laughs) Does that make sense? He'll take a long time to do something suddenly. I believe in the breakthrough. I believe in the momentary encounters with the Lord. I believe in in those circumstances where you find yourself, much like this, where you come down to the front. I believe that many of you, all of you even, fear was broken off of your life. But I also believe this to be true. You have been praying, maybe for a moment such as this for a long time, Maybe for your kids, you've been believing for a moment where the Lord would change something. It's not that you didn't believe that every moment leading up to this one would be the moment that changed things, but I believe that this moment actually changes things. The Lord takes a long time to do something suddenly, and I know this to be true about the Father's heart. He is, he is, uh, he is uniquely invested in your spiritual formation, So it begs the question, Father, what are you cultivating inside of me as I wait on this promise to come to fruition? What are you working out inside of me? What are you showing me? What are you revealing to me? You said you're the giver of every good and perfect gift, so I'll hold you at your word, I know it to be true. So if that's the truth and the promise hasn't yet come, then that means that you're still doing something good inside of me. I just wanna zoom the lens out a little bit on, on, on your world this morning. Where do you find yourself? What's the, what's the condition of the inner soil of your heart? Where do you find yourself? I want to be really honest about that as we jump into 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. It says this: it says, Whatever God has promised gets stamped with the yes of Jesus. In him, this is what we preach and pray. The great amen. God's yes and our yes together. Gloriously evident, God affirms us, making us a sure thing in Christ, amen? Amen. Putting his yes within us. By his spirit, he has stamped us with his eternal pledge. Now listen to this part very intentionally. A sure beginning of what he is destined to complete. Not yet complete, destined to complete. I believe that many times we find ourselves and the uncomfortable season of destined to complete. Have you ever prayerfully considered your season like this? Just get me out of here. Like, this is miserable. I don't know what to do. Like, I can't stand these people. These cheer are driving me nuts. Like, you ever find yourself in seasons like this? Okay, just me? Come on, laugh at me at least. Come on. Be honest. You ever find yourself in these seasons where your prayers feel more like a rescue mission Then they do a partnership with the Father's plan for your life. The Lord has given you promises. Many of you are holding on to promises that were given to you through prophetic words, through words of knowledge, through the word of God, through teachings that you received. Come on, you you get promises in a variety of ways, yet you have not seen them come maybe to full fruition. Let me tell you this, for every season, for every single circumstance, go find your promise in his word. Sometimes we live so hungry for the affirmation of someone else, the stamp of approval on your season, the word of endearment for your season. We get in environments like this, and we're like, oh, I just I hope I get a word today. Anybody else? Come on, I just, oh, golly, I hope someone gives me a word today. I hope it's one of those, like, life-transforming words. It's powerful, and I love it, but I promise you this. More often than not, because it's 100% of the time, your promise for your season can be found in his word. Let me read a few to you. God is with you, Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10. That's a really good one. That's a good one to remember. He will keep you in his peace. That's Isaiah chapter 26, verse verse three. He will tell you where to go. Oh, bless God. Tell us where to go. That's Psalm 32, eight. I love this one. You are the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24, and then I love this one. Exodus 14, 14, it says, he will fight for you. If you need a promise for your life, if you need a promise for your season, I will guarantee you it is in this scripture. It is in this Bible. Eliminating the language barrier between us and the Father's heart often looks like it looks more like agreeing with what he's already said about you than asking for something else he would say about you. About 75% of my prayer life looks like just reminding the Lord about what he already said. I'm being honest. How many of you have kids? Okay. They love holding you accountable to the promises you make. (laughs) Like if you say we're going to have ice cream, they will remind you. You said, hey, you said it. I'm like, but it's bedtime and I forgot. No, 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 no. You said it. They will hold you accountable to every promise you make. Such is the model of the kingdom. (laughs) Come on, not as spoiled brat entitled children, but as sons and daughters and co-heirs with Jesus, we get to stand on the authority of his word and what he said. Hey, Father, you said this. Like you said your plans are for me. Right now it feels a little bit like these weapons be prevailing in my life. (laughs) 75% 75% of my prayer life is just reminding him of what he already said. Not because I don't trust he heard me. Not because I don't trust he didn't see me. But because hunger moves the heart of the Father. If I come hungry, if I come reminding him, Lord, I, like, you told me I had what it, what it takes to parent my kids. You told me I have what it takes to be a good man. You told me I had the resilience it takes for this season. And I need you to make good on that word. Come on, I'm, talk- I'm talking real, guys. Come on, what's your season? Where are you? Where do you find yourself? Like, Lord, you promised me that you want me to prosper. I can't get a job. I can't nail it, I can't, I don't know what's going on. Or like, I can't stop the sin issue or I can't. Where do you find yourself this morning? Come on, remind the father of what he's promised you. He loves to make good on his promises. But he also loves to cultivate things inside of you while you wait for those promises to come to fruition. Come on, is he a good father or not? Is he a faithful father or not? Then we have to trust that he's always working something out and that something that he's working out is 100% of the time for our good. Eliminating the language barrier between you and the Father's heart looks like spending less time asking and more time agreeing. I hear this oftentimes in conversations with people, and I've even in certain seasons, seasons of my life, I've felt the same way. Yeah, but I'm just, I'm not hearing him. Like, I'm asking him, I'm taking my questions to the Father, and I'm just not, I'm not hearing him. That's okay. Just go back to the last thing he said. <laughs> if you're asking him, if you're diligently seeking him, if you're like, Lord, what's your word for this? What's your promise for this season for me? And you're hearing nothing. You're getting no affirmations. You're getting no green lights. You're getting brick wall after brick wall after brick wall. That's probably not the devil. i am gonna be honest with you. It could be, but it could be that you have not yet stewarded the last promise that he placed in your life. You see, the language of heaven is this. The language of the father is this. Cultivation and completion. I've got a six-year-old son, and I've got a three-year-old daughter. Also have a nine-year-old daughter. Every now and again, I make my six-year-old son get off of his single-rider electronic four-wheeler, and I make him get in the electronic side-by-side so that my three-year-old can sit with him and he can take her for a ride too. He hates it, he hates it, because he can't go fast, he can't risk, he can't, like he's got a three-year-old sister. So my youngest, Bella, she she sits in the passenger seat of this thing. And she, she, she doesn't hold on to anything. She just bebops. She just sits there with smiling, blonde hair, looking around. And she's like, isn't this so fun? And Kenyon's like, no, this is miserable. I'm taking you on a lap because dad said I have to. Like, he, he doesn't enjoy it. Well, not long ago, he, he's driving and uh, he's going straight. Bella's sitting right here and he's ripping it. Like, he's ripping it. And, you know, when he's going straight, it's not a problem. Well, then he decides to take a sharp left turn. Her body decided to take a sharp right exit. <laughs> out, out of the side-by- side. I'm talking about, she goes. Shoop. She flew out of. The, she flew out of the thing. I don't think he realized it until he had made the full circle and was driving away. and then he's like, "Where'd she go?" <laughs> <laughs> it, it, would be, it would be foolish of me in that moment. It, it would be so foolish for me to walk up to my six-year-old son and say, "Hey dude, miss that one." Why don't you take the keys to my F-250 and give that a try? Could it be that the Father is cultivating something inside of you in this season that has, not yet be, that has not yet come to completion because he's getting ready to prepare you for the next season where you do get that F-250? Think about it. The Lord is really, really good at this one thing I know. He's really, really good at waiting. <laughs> He'll wait a long time. Now you can rush your season, been there, done that. You can rush your season. You can just decide, I think I got enough. I think I read enough books. I think I had enough hard conversations. I think I I cleaned up enough of my mess. I think I like, what do I need to do? What do I need to do? What do I, you can, you can rush your season. Inevitably, you'll find yourself in the next one though, lacking the tools that you should have acquired from the previous season. You will hit an impasse. I guarantee you that. The Lord's language is cultivation and completion. Does that make sense? Completion. What is the Lord trying to complete with you in this season? It's possible that you're trying to move faster than the the Father's perfect heart for you. So you might not be in a dry season. You just might need to go back to the last promise that he said. Think about that. What was the last thing he said? What was the last challenge? What was the last conversation? Go back there. I promise you it's worth it. It won't put you behind. I don't care if you're 6, 16. It actually doesn't matter. It won't put you behind. It will leverage you for the future promises that God has in store for you. But he's way more interested in completion than promotion. Sorry, I just wanted to make sure you're awake. (laughs) Let's read in Philippians chapter one. Philippians chapter one, verse six, it says this in the New Living Translation. And I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. I love the language of much of the New Testament, most of the New Testament, the letters to the churches, the gospels, when Jesus was alive before he died and rose again and ascended into heaven. Much of the language speaks to the process that you find yourself in. I just want, I want to be a person I want to be a body that is really comfortable with what the Lord is cultivating in the current season. I think that that starts with zooming the lens out on your own life and understanding that today, now, presently, you are living in the fruit of yesterday's promise. You're living in the fruit of yesterday's promise. And that is what gives us hope for the promises that have yet to be fulfilled. Much of the language of the New Testament is surrounding the process of, what, of becoming what God meant when he meant you. I wanna listen closer. I wanna, I wanna know his heart more. I wanna have more anticipation. I wanna cultivate more hunger. I wanna grow closer to his heart. I wanna invest more in spiritual family. That's what we're after. So how do we receive and how do we steward the promises of God? Uh, We're going to read in Luke chapter 8, and this is the the parable of the farmer scatter seed. Luke chapter 8, if you want to go ahead and turn there with me. And I I really feel like Luke 8 is, uh, it's truthfully uh, one of the best representations of how we steward the promises of God. I think at this point in, in, in the message and in your understanding today, um, you understand, you have promises laid up in store for you. Like the father's heart is good. Like, and he does have hope for you and he wants good things for you. So like that, that is the baseline of our understanding. <clears throat> so as we read Luke chapter eight, I, I, want, I want you to be really honest with yourself. There's gonna be three condi- soil conditions that equate to the condition of your soul, okay? I want you to be really honest about, uh, about the type of soil found within your soul. Um, reason being it's important to first acknowledge where you are so that you can then step away from where you are if you don't like where you find yourself um, to still words from braden he says don't throw your sucker in the dirt don't don't get upset about it if you, if you hear something about the condition of your heart the condition of your soil that you find i believe this it's as simply as the real it's as simple as realizing oh yeah that's not good and then you can pivot and you can become the type of soil that the Father would have you become, yeah? All right, let's, let's read Luke chapter eight, starting in verse four. It says, one day Jesus told a story in the form of a parable to a large crowd that had gathered from many towns to hear him. A farmer went out to plant his seed. As he scattered it across his field, some seed fell on a footpath where it was stepped on and the birds ate it. Other seed fell among the rocks It began to grow, but the plant soon wilted and died for lack of moisture. Other seed fell among some thorns that grew up with it and choked out the tender plants. Still, other seed fell on fertile soil. The seed grew and produced a crop that was a hundred times as much had been planted. When he had said this, he called out, Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Verse nine, his disciples asked him what his parable meant. He replied, you're permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of God, but I use parables to teach the others so that the scriptures might be fulfilled. When they look, they won't really see. When they hear, they won't really understand. All right, now get this, verse 11, it says, uh, this is the meaning of the parable. The seed is God's word. The seed is God's word. Let's pause right there for just a second. Earlier, Earlier we established this, go find your promise in his word. So the word of God, infallible, always accurate, never changing, ever stable, the word of God is your promise. So now we're gonna dive into three conditions of soil as Jesus explains it to his disciples. And I want you to be really honest about the condition of your heart because the goal is this. I wanna be fertile soil. Are you with me? I want to be fertile soil. I want to grow. If there's thorns in there, get them out. That's the goal. We want to be fertile soil. The seed is God's word and the word of God is our promise. Let's read verse 12. It says, the seeds that fell on the footpath represent those who hear the message only to have the devil come and take it away from their hearts and prevent them from believing and being saved. Prevent them from believing and being saved. I think it's really important in this moment to acknowledge the schemes in the plan of the enemy. Though his methods change, though it's unique to all of us in some ways, his agenda is 100% always the same. It is to steal, it is to kill, and it is to destroy. <clears throat> I believe in environments such as this one. Environments in worship especially, I feel like these emotions come out, these thoughts come out. I'm just not good enough for this. I'm just not, like the Lord knows, like he knows who I really am. He knows what, I, he knows what I'm dealing with. He knows, my, like he knows this is my first time in church in three months. He knows, like, This is is the condition of the soil. The enemy will try to rob you of the promises of God, which are yes and amen for you, for you in your life. Yes, you. (laughs) Who, me? Yes, you. Yeah, you. That is who his promises are for. Maybe it sounds like this, you're not good enough. That's for all those other people, but you're actually not good enough. You haven't prayed hard enough. You haven't lingered in this secret place long enough. You're new at this church. You actually don't even quite, you don't even, you don't resonate. Or, you missed the first week of home church. The enemy will plant all types, all types of distractions to try to recondition because he has no creative power. The enemy cannot create. He can only pervert and distort. So he will try to pervert and distort the reality of God's plan for your life. You're making that up. You're too far behind to achieve that or you're too far gone. If they really knew what you're going through, there's no way they would be saying this over your life. Yes, I would. 100% I would. Because you're a son. Because you're a daughter. So that's the condition of the first soil where the enemy robs it from your hearts before it has an opportunity to grab hold. Verse thirteen says this: The seeds on the rocky soil represent those who hear the message and receive it with joy, but since they don't have deep roots, they believe for a while and then they fall away when they face temptation. This looks like having an encounter. This looks like getting all of a sudden like overwhelmed with like emotion, uh, seemingly, or you you get overwhelmed and you're just like I I don't know, like my hands are raised and I'm feel like I'm encountering the Lord in worship, or like I feel like that. I feel like that dude is just talking straight to me. But then what tends to happen so oftentimes with the condition of this soil is a week goes by and it's like, ah, that was just, it was just the room. It wasn't real. The fact you don't feel the same way you did then, it's that, that's, that indicates it's not real. That's actually not true. Braden sent me a video yesterday of this, uh, this guy, I forget his name. It was like an 18 minute video of this guy that hears the song, Reckless Love, for the first time. And uh, this dude, not, not a believer, um, and he's watching, and he's like listening to the words of this song. He's like a YouTube reviewer. That's how he found himself doing this. And so he's listening to the song, and he found himself like overwhelmed with emotion. Emotions are a gift from the Father. It's an indicator. It's an indicator in this carnal body This physical body that we have for 70, 80, 90, 100 years, it is an indicator that something's happening. It's a red flag of the soul saying, hey, pay attention to this. The Lord is here. Oftentimes we take those emotional encounters and we chalk them up to just that. Oh, that was just an emotional encounter. Yeah, maybe it was, but guess what? It was the Lord. He was on it and he was in it and he's still in it and he's still on it. So how do you grow deep roots to avoid being this type of soil? You receive it with joy, scripture says, but then it fades away. I believe one of the greatest tools that we have to grow deeper roots is spiritual family. You know how much strength I draw from being able to just call somebody who knows what to do? <laughs> I have no clue what's happening. What do I do? I call. And generally, we wrap up a five-minute conversation, and it's like, oh, okay, I can do this. Like, I got this. <laughs> you know how much strength I draw from being able to call a brother and say, like, hey, dude, how's, how's your heart doing? I feel like the Lord laid you, on, laid you on my heart. Or calling a brother and saying, like, hey, dude, I'm so angry today. Like, I'm just dealing with this stuff. And to have that brother say, hey, man, you're going to make it or hey, dude, you're an idiot, stop doing that. (laughs) Fathers, mothers, sons, daughters, brothers, sisters, spiritual family is the context that the Father has created for you to develop deep roots. So do it. (laughs) We have a great outlet called Home Church. where you can do just that, actually. That's the entire point. Um, Keith will talk about this in a little bit, I'm sure, a little bit more, but I mean it sincerely. If you find yourself wanting, if you find yourself like having these encounters but then falling away, get in spiritual family. And a great outlet for that is home church. So do life with us. Let's really do it, yeah? We're we're, We're gonna read as we wrap up our time together. We're gonna read verse 14. Actually, we're going to read verse 15. This is the type of soil. This is, the, this is the heart condition that I want. This is the heart condition we should all desire. It's fertile soil. Verse 15 says this in Luke chapter 8. And the seeds that fell on the good soil represent honest, good-hearted people who hear God's word. They cling to it and patiently produce a huge harvest. Patiently Produce a huge harvest. Let's go back to cultivation and completion. Patiently produce a good harvest. Come on, I want our hearts to be able to hear the word of the Lord. I want to be able to receive correction. I want to be able to receive affirmation. I want to be able to receive... uh, I want to be provoked. I want to be inspired. And I want it to land on fertile soil that says, okay, Lord, what are you going to cultivate in this season unto the completion of this season so I can be promoted into the next season? This is the condition of soil that we're after, amen? Thanks again for listening today.